If you think the political opposition, the other side, is not just changing the country ideologically, but destroying the country, wouldn't it make sense to take drastic action? Wouldn't it be reasonable to storm the Capitol if you personally believe that the election was stolen and democracy was being destroyed? I believe that the system we're currently living in breeds this type of fear and, in turn, it's unfair to blame those who are simply acting on what they believe to be right. The deeper root is misinformation, which leads to partisanship. Or maybe partisanship leads to misinformation. It seems like some sort of dystopic chicken and egg scenario. Salt Lake County Clerk Sherry Swenson, who's completing her eighth and final term in office, has never seen anything like it. It doesn't <laughs> And, um, you know, it was, it was a huge turnout. Uh, about 89% of the people who voted in the 2020 election voted by mail. Um, only less than about 11% voted in person. It was in the midst of a pandemic, and it was very difficult to uh, try to set things up so voters and the poll workers could be safe, but nevertheless, we got through it. But the saddest part of that is, is the misinformation that was circulated, uh, you know, telling people that their vote-by-mail ballot wasn't going to count, that there was something wrong with the system, which was absolutely unfounded. It was baseless, and um, it, it was really an effort to suppress voter turnout because the people that circulate that do not want to see uh, the voters have the convenience of vote by mail. And that's the real basis for it. It isn't because there's any fraud or there's any problems with the vote by mail system. It's because they don't want people to have the convenience. As county clerk, Swenson oversees elections in Salt Lake County. In addition, she serves as a firewall between baseless theories and the elections themselves. These are theories Swenson has been working tirelessly to dispel. The most ridiculous among some of those theories is the fact that, you know, someone could inject ballots into our system, um, ballots printed in China or printed in their living room <laughs> or wherever, and that's just absolutely impossible. We have a statewide database, and for every ballot that is ordered, uh, that ballot has a unique nine-digit ID number connected to the active registered voter in the database. And it is specific to that voter with the voter's ID number, their address. And when the ballot comes back in the return envelope, uh, there's a barcode on the return ballot envelope, and that barcode is scanned. The voter who returns that envelope with their ballot enclosed, has to sign an affidavit on the return envelope with their signature, which is compared to the voter's signature on record in our database. And that unique nine-digit ID number is correlated to that record for that voter. And so there, it is physically impossible for someone to inject ballots into our system. They would never make it through our system. And then the ballots themselves are on a certain white paper, they are, uh, have timing marks, and they cannot be inserted into our system. They would never make it through. So it is ridiculous. And if someone sees our system as they do, oftentimes they come down and they do tours, and thank goodness we're able to show a lot of people how our process works. They would realize that this idea that someone's inserting ballots into our system and they're getting through as valid ballots would realize that it can't happen and it's ridiculous. Voter outreach might be good enough to change one or two minds at a time. However, there are over two million eligible voters in Utah. Marianne Christensen, executive director of the Utah Eagle Forum, is one of them. 
The left just seems like they just want to destroy life. Christensen, like many people, is a single issue voter. For her, it's all about abortion. The recent Dobbs decision put abortion back into the national spotlight right before the 2022 midterms. And even on this issue, baseless theories are making their way into the conversation. The Dobbs decision did not ban abortion, obviously, in the United States. It just said there's no right in the Constitution, which means that there's no federal right to that, and the states have to decide the issue. And so now the states are polarized. Utah had a trigger ban. And a lot of other states did. I think 23 states had, had some kind of ban that would take place on the Dobbs decision. But then there are other states, like California and New York, who are passing legislation to make it, to make it legal to kill your baby before it comes through the birth canal, the day, the day it would have been born. You can abort your baby in certain states. So it hasn't just been, let's... You know, the right to an abortion lands somewhere in the middle and it slides around and it's really ugly and it's really squishy and ugly and, and it's not working out. Used to be that. And now it's like, oh, we get to save babies, we're gonna save babies, or ugh. You know, there are some states that are not gonna kill their babies, so we're gonna let you kill your baby all the way up till the time it's born. California was considering legislation to allow a woman 30 days after the baby's born to kill the baby. A post-birth abortion is what they were calling it. That's insanity. That's insanity. This, by the way, is not true. You cannot kill your baby at the time of birth in New York or California or anywhere in the country for that matter. And California, they were never debating legislation to legalize post-birth abortions. This is what Swenson was talking about. Single voter outreach is good in some cases, but polarization is so deep-seated now. People are steadfast in their beliefs, and since they believe so strongly, they act strongly too. County Clerk Swenson, like so many other election officials throughout the country, has been harassed and threatened. I work very hard, long hours, and so do my staff, to try to do everything in our power to make the elections fair, accurate, efficient, and it is very sad that yes I've been threatened personally a few times we've had calls that came in that basically uh, threatened the entire staff and it is it's really terrible that you know as hard as everyone works to do everything accurately that we hear those sorts of things and it, it's just it's just really disappointing after all these years and it only started after the 2020 election or during the 2020 election. I had never seen anything like that in all the decades, the three decades I've been here, that people felt that concern. Uh, never never heard threats before. It, it's really disappointing. Have you ever been fearful of your safety or is it just more you get the threat and then move on? Well, you know, I've reported the threat to Homeland Security, uh, our law enforcement, our local law enforcement, because I think you kind of need to do that in order for them to figure out whether the threats, if they can figure out where they're coming from, know whether they're, uh, you know, something that has been done on a larger scale, and maybe if they're valid. But I you know, you never know. You just don't know when one of those threats could could turn into something violent. It isn't just the rise in hate and vitriol that's worrisome. 
Voters seem unengaged in the political system in general. Civic engagement, while up nationwide, is still lacking in many demographics and regions. Catherine Bealey, president of the League of Women Voters of Utah, has been trying to overcome this problem. Probably the saddest thing that I can say is that there are more than 330,000 women in Utah who are eligible to vote but are not registered. Why do you think that is? I wish I knew. I, to be fair, there are also about the same number of men who are eligible but not registered. I don't know. Um, you can ask political science professors. I think some of them posit that uh, that maybe people just feel their vote doesn't count. Utah is a one-party state, basically. Uh, you may know we have been gerrymandered. Gerrymandering, for those who don't know, is when the party in power draws congressional maps to give them a political advantage. If Republicans are in power, like they are in Utah, they'll usually cram cities or minorities, people who are more likely to vote Democratic, into one or two congressional districts. They sacrifice a seat or two for uncontested races in the rest of the districts. And the League of Women Voters is now suing the legislature over redistricting. So we are doing that because we believe in competitive elections. We think that's a way to get voters engaged in what they're voting for and who they're voting for. And of course, we think everything is local. With the almost Goliath-sized challenges over the next couple of years, it's not surprising that Swenson isn't running for re-election. However, it isn't so cut and dry. She says the decision to leave doesn't have to do with the threats or the political climate at all. In fact, if anything, um, it makes me want to, you know, just stay on and emboldens me to want to stay on. But, you know, you start looking at how many years you have left and, um, you know, the long hours and many hours of working on a computer and sitting and, and you know, it kind of takes a toll on your health. And so I figured it was time to try to, you know, spend the later years of my life, these last years of my life, doing something different and maybe taking a little bit better care of my health. Swenson and I talked before the midterms. Currently, she's done overseeing the last election of her career. I voted by mail this year. I saw the name Sherry Swenson on the top of my ballot. I knew she'd have a part to play in making sure my vote counted, but still, it's hard to imagine myself in her position. It's hard to understand how you can make sense of a moment like this, a moment so aberrant from the contemporary way of life. And, like the moment itself, Swenson's thoughts on the future are complicated. I think a lot of things need to change in the future. I think the people who know uh, better should do better about these, these um, rumors and this rhetoric and this misinformation. Or I really feel uh, concerned that our democracy as it is could be destroyed. What worries you mo- most of all? I mean, you've obviously... You know, we just talked about it. You've seen so much of the three decades of service. But, yeah, what what worries you? Well, it worries me that, you know, if, if the power to overturn the results of an election ends up in the hands of a very few, that is a huge concern to me. Because, really, it's all about the voices of the voters. And um, if that was... If that was changed, I would be extremely concerned. For you to have peace of mind uh, about the next couple of years, what what needs to change? Well, again, I, I think those who know that this is, is unfounded and baseless um, 
you know, on a large scale need to come forward and, and express that and not play into this rhetoric and this misinformation. And, and I have to say, in our state, our leaders, you know, as far as our governor, our lieutenant governor, have been very supportive of the county clerks, and I really appreciate that. But it needs to happen on a national level. It's so easy to forget the people in the middle, the people who make the system run. Voters and politicians are quick to place blame without ever really knowing who the finger lands on. I'm sure if any of those politicians are voters, the ones who believe the system is rigged and elections are now just a partisan power grab, I'm sure if they met Sherry Swenson, they wouldn't see evil. They would see a woman trying to do her best in a climate that is doing everything to prevent that. I know voter outreach is only effective on one or two people at a time, but maybe that's okay. Maybe it's a slow process and maybe changing one or two minds is enough. My name is Norm. Thanks for listening.